<clears throat> stored them in the bin, but it's a lot of standing all day. And my day-to-day -day there is working so many hours without
Hi everybody, and welcome to the weekly review. It's Friday. Uh, no, today's Thursday, November tenth, November eleventh. Today's the eleventh. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we're recording a day early. Won't be in tomorrow. So I wanted to create an episode for you all out there. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We're in San Francisco. We're on Ramatush Ohlone land. And for more information, please check out the land acknowledgement tab on our page at weeklyrap.org. Got a list of links that folks can check out with lots of information. And oh, I've got a few news stories, question mark, and events coming up that I'll be sharing on today's episode. And I'm also going to be reading from a pamphlet that was put out by the National Lawyers Guild of San Francisco, the, the San Francisco Bay Area chapter, and NLT is a really awesome organization that helps activists and just a lot of folks all together. And we've shared a few of their events here before. Um, they're the folks, if you're at a protest and you see people in like the neon yellow or neon green hats who are witnessing sometimes, those are some of these folks who want to ensure that everyone's uh, civil rights are not being violated by the police. And we all know that police... <sighs> I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to try not to lose it before I uh, get into the first story. Um, so, yes, they shared a, a pamphlet recently, um, an informative pamphlet about healing justice work, which I think is super important for those of us and or folks who know people who have been activists. And it's incredibly traumatic, uh, putting it mildly. So there's so much healing work to be done, and this pamphlet will go into a lot of this in a lot of that information. So I'll be sharing that um, very shortly. And first, I wanted to share an upcoming event that's happening this weekend. And it is the uh, Boston Anarchist Book Fair. And I had it up here. Yes. Okay. So um, you don't have to be in Boston. I mean, it is in person, but it's also online. So if you have internet access, you can check it out. It's the 2021 Boston Anarchist Book Fair, Saturday and Sunday, November 13th and 14th. You can go to bostonanarchistbookfair.org. And I'm very curious about the uh, panels that are going to be there. So I'm going to bring that up. My glasses are also very foggy right now. So I might just talk a little bit while these unfog, defog, whichever is the correct word for that. Um, sometimes I start off the show with a rant of sorts. Uh, yeah, still feeling definitely disappointed in, in humanity, or not humanity, but in how a lot of people behave. Uh, there's still a lot of pressure being put to recall school boards across the nation. It's not just happening here in San Francisco, but it's a organized right-wing uh, event to try to put in some QAnon folks, some people who don't believe in science, et cetera, et cetera, into uh, school boards across the country, which is quite frightening. In Portland a few weeks ago, like folks were uh, members of the school board, so they don't feel safe even being there. It's pretty awful. So it's not just happening here, it's happening across the country, and folks need to uh, <laughs> to show up in any way to uh, ensure this doesn't happen, because it's not going to just stop at the school board. And we already know that there's so much uh, already of, I should say, maybe, how best to phrase this, not teaching the truth in schools, and I think people are going to be some of these folks are pushing even more of that, like not teaching the actual history of this country, which, as we know, is based on genocide and slavery. And if some people can have their way, they're going to just de deny any of that. And it's important for kids and adults to actually acknowledge what's happened because it's also still happening. It's not just in the past. So, yeah. Those are my two cents. And also... 
Just a note in terms of folks who still have access to stage time and decide to do that, use your opportunity if you have a platform to punch up. Don't, uh, I, I mean, if you're making jokes at the expense of people with less power and privilege than you, that's just bullying, and it's not funny, and it's actually quite cowardly, and it's stupid, and you're doing the work of the status quo. So it's just, it's actually pretty dumb, and it's going to affect you too in the long run. I don't know who listens to this who is uh, in favor of bullying, but uh, just a... a, a making a comment about that. And just because people uh, haven't spoken up before uh, doesn't mean it's still okay to do that. That makes sense. I think I'm just mostly just talking about uh, transphobic jokes out there, and it's, they're not funny, and they're pretty stupid. And there's a lot of trans folks out there who are comedians who are actually quite funny. And uh, there's also plenty of fucking targets. I mean, there's... Uh, people who are just causing great harm around the world. There are billionaires out there who are actually alive. I don't know why. There are people whose decisions uh, determine whether or not someone can eat. And if you decide to use your time to, I don't know, bully someone who's maybe hungry, that's, it just seems uh, kind of backwards to me. So please, remember to punch up if you're able to. That's, that's all I'm going to say. All right, now on to the, it wasn't that very funny of a rant, but uh, it's kind of where I'm at and just feeling uh, there's uh, so many things that are, are messed up and um, don't contribute to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. All right. And the glasses are still pretty foggy. So this might take a moment. I did want to share... Start off with some music as we usually do. The first song we heard was by Mike Watt featuring Eddie Vedder with Against the 70s, then Angels of the Silences by Counting Crows, and then Love Roller Coaster by Ohio Players. And started listening to, because I listen to a lot of different shows and podcasts, but listened to a couple music ones. One's called Bandsplain, and one's called uh, 60 Songs That Define the 90s. And so a couple of those songs were mentioned. And I was like, oh yeah, I really liked those songs in the 90s when I was in high school. And it's uh, nice to bring them back. So... But I think I might be end up playing actually a lot of more songs from the 70s on the show. Feels a bit weird being here on a Thursday. I'm feeling out of my element. So I'm going to try to be compassionate with myself as I cannot see the uh, screen. Yeah, it would have been a day to wear contact lenses, that's for sure. What else can I say? Um, everyone should have housing. I say that every fucking week. I feel like uh, we should defund the police. Um, prisons should not exist. And... Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at, kind of where I'm at. Let's try this again. All right, so if we go to bostonanarchistbookfair.org, and we can see what's going on. And uh, the show will get more lively. Um, it it's just uh, takes me a moment to get there. Okay, so this is happening in Cambridge at the, the Democracy Center. November 13th and 14th of this year, it's at 45 Mount Auburn Street in Cambridge. Vendor tables open at 10 a.m. They're open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And there are workshops online. So if you're not in the Boston area, you can uh, participate. Cute. They've got a cute little old Mac uh, icon here for workshops. Uh, 10 virtual workshops. Let's see. So there's a community defense conversations, Anarchism 101, the future of anarchist media, the Greater Boston Tenants Union, Building Working Class Power at the Site of Housing, Understanding the Bernie and Corbyn Moments, Mending the World as Jewish Anarchists, Ooh. 
uh, Total Liberation, a Holistic Approach to Human, Animal, and Earth Liberation, Feminism Practices, What Anarchism Preaches, Anarcha Feminism in the 20th Century. There's The Horizon of Event Security, an Overview of the Basics. Wow. So many of these look really interesting. So if you're interested in any of these and or, you know, people who might be, please do spread the word. Again, if you go to bostonanarchistbookfair.org and check those out. Cool. All right. Next up, I'm going to be reading. <laughs> uh, I think I'm also just mentally preparing myself because this is going to be a lot. So uh, I'll also provide a trigger warning that we'll be talking about trauma here. So this is called Trauma in the Face of State Violence, a Guide for Legal Workers and Activists. And this was put together by the National Lawyers Guild Healing Justice Program. And we'll also share a link to this on our site at weeklyrev.org, putting together show notes for the previous shows here as well. So you can read along at home and or share the materials with uh, people. Cool. Healing Justice is a political strategy conceived in 2005 and formally launched by the Kindred Southern Healing Justice Collective to intervene on and respond to generational trauma and systemic oppression and build community survivor-led responses rooted in Southern traditions of resiliency to sustain our emotional, physical, spiritual, psychic, and environmental well-being. It was more broadly introduced to the movement at the 2007 and 2010 U.S. social forums to lift up the inseparability of healing and justice and to encourage more recognition of the long history and necessity of healing and transforming trauma in the process of resistance and liberation. The NLGSF looks to this history and is informed by it as we seek to integrate support for members as they witness and are impacted by state violence. And... Over here, it says, conceived of and written by NLGSF Bay Area, designed by Eliza Sherpa, watercolors by Julia Dreams. And yes, very, uh, there's some nice artwork on this as well. The ways we respond to trauma are impacted by who we are, how we grew up, our identities, social and political context, and experiences with oppression and privilege. These trauma responses often impact how we show up in our lives, in relationships with others, including coworkers, clients, and comrades, and in the movement. The effects of trauma can be pervasive, and when these responses are left without attention, they can be reenacted in ways that are destructive to ourselves and to the relationships and movements we care about. This pamphlet was created to provide introductory information about trauma, common trauma responses, and resources for accessing support, accessing support as a part of building more resilient movements for justice. As the legal arm for movements fighting for social change, the work of the NLG can involve both witnessing and experiencing trauma, we fight for people within the confines of systems designed to harm and oppress, and we bring our own histories to this work. We go to prisons and detention centers, defend people in court, attend protests and actions, staff hotlines, listen, witness, and record state violence. This vicarious trauma of being a witness to brutality and violence can impact us in some of the ways that experiencing, tra experiencing trauma ourselves can. Traumatic experiences may not be preventable in our work, but how we hold and work with them is a choice. Trauma describes a painful or distressing experience in which someone does not have the internal or external resources to integrate, digest, cope, and or release the impacts of stress on the body, mind, heart, and spirit. A trauma response is how a person responds to trauma, which is often based on early life experiences or previous experiences of trauma, but can vary across time and context. The most common responses include fight, flight, freeze, appease, or and dissociate. People often employ more than one of these responses, and there is no better or worse response. In fact, trauma responses are instinctively protective. They are initially developed to support our survival and keep us safe. 
Many of us experience more or less intense forms of betrayal, shame, harm, oppression, abuse, or bullying during childhood and have well-practiced trauma responses by the time we are adults. However, the trauma responses that we used to keep a safe uh, that we use to keep us safe as children often do not serve the same purpose in our adulthood. They can become our automatic response to any type of conflict or difficult situation and cause breakdowns on personal, professional, and movement levels. In this way, trauma responses become less useful in keeping us safe and can unintentionally create harm over time. Okay, so next is a chart. I'm gonna do my best to describe what this chart is. So it's in three columns, and the title is Common Trauma Responses. So the first column is the trauma response, and then next to it is what it means, and then the next column is what it can look like. So the first trauma response is fight. And what this means is pushes back verbally or physically, initially developed in an attempt to defend self or others. What it can look like, taking a stand or righteousness, getting bigger than the other person in body language, stature, and tone, intimidating or threatening others, being physically aggressive, taking up space physically and or energetically, creating and or engaging in conflict, presenting as hard or critical. And the next trauma response is flight. And what this means is leaves, runs away, hides, avoids, initially developed in an attempt to get away from dangerous or harmful situations. And it can look like literally leaving a situation, like walking away or ending a conversation, avoiding conflict, experiencing an increase in anxiety or panic, um, always on the go slash staying busy. There's another trauma response, freeze, um, which means shutting down, numbs out, dissociates, initially developed to stop the body and mind to sharpen automatic senses in the face of danger. And it can look like difficulty making decisions, difficulty speaking up during a conflict, isolating oneself, depression, detachment, avoiding con contact with others. Next is appease to placate or pacify another initially developed to neutralize someone who is or appears to be harmful or dangerous. And that can look like becoming smaller and shrinking in both stature and presence, nodding and smiling in agreement, putting your needs, interests, and even ethics aside to tend to another person, over-apologizing or apologizing when there is no need to, being agreeable, lacking boundaries, shifting to accommodate other people's needs, lack of feeling or knowing your own needs, letting others take the lead, disengaging from conflict. Next is uh, dissociate. And that can, that means um, to disconnect or separate from without physically leaving, initially developed to remove self mentally and physically from emotional, mental, and physical pain, to not feel it or to feel it less. And that can look like numbing out, lacking awareness about what's going on around you, feeling checked out, spaced out, floaty as the norm, Lacking presence, avoidance, not remembering conversations or interactions, feeling out of your body as if you are watching yourself rather than existing in yourself. And yeah, whew, a lot of these are quite relatable. So the next part says, am I experiencing a trauma response? Take some time to reflect on the following questions. This is not a diagnostic tool, but rather a tool for self-assessment and understanding. Are you having trouble sleeping? Have you noticed an increase of use in substances? Do you find yourself holding your breath? Have you had any changes in appetite? Do you have new, different, or worsening pain or fatigue? Are you experiencing a sense of helplessness or hopelessness? Have you been irritable and or quick to act out? Oh, wow. And the next page is, uh, how, what am I feeling? And there's this beautiful chart um, 
with many, it's, I'm trying to think of how to best to describe it. There's six colors and different adjectives. And it's like a color wheel in a way. So there's the, the yellow wheel or the yellow slice of the wheel is joy. The orange is genius. Red is anger. Blue is sad. And purple is fear. And it has words on the outside. And then um, other adjectives on the inside. So for, oh, let's see. Let me think about the best way to um, describe this. First of all, I'm going to read the piece on the side. It says, what am I feeling? For many of us, experiences of trauma and oppression limit our range of sensation and emotion. Learning to specifically and accurately identify our feelings can help us better understand ourselves, our experiences, and the support we need. Use the wheel below, um, which is, I will share to the best I can, uh, to help identify more of your emotional landscape. And this was developed by Abby Van Muijen. And um, and that's M-U-J-I-E-N, in case I'm not pronouncing that correctly. So I'll start off with the top here of joy. So the two words on the outside are dignity and resilience. And then below that, you have a seen, grounded, grateful, tender, love, free, kindness, belonging. And then the next column, or slice of the pie, it's uh, in here. Uh, silly, acceptance, care, safe, present, calm, intimate, connected, and joy. So these are all like adjectives to describe joy. And I'm going to, I think, just share a link to this on our website, because it's a bit difficult to describe. But I'll share the other um, adjectives for like genius is intuition and courage. Um, reactivity and rage is for anger. Isolation and grief is for sad. Fragility and vulnerability is for fear. And disgust is green. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. And that's shame and aversion. And there's just a lot of different adjectives to describe this. So I think it's helpful to maybe take a look and see how one identifies. Tools for resilience in the face of state violence. The goal in trauma healing is regeneration, to honor the protective qualities of our trauma responses and intentionally transform them into something that keeps us safe, while also supporting the relationships, contributions, and lives we want. Healing and regeneration occurs through awareness, choice, and practice. There are many different tools to help build awareness of our trauma responses, intentionally unravel deeply held impacts on our bodies, and ultimately take on new practices that help us align our actions with our values and desires for personal, political, and professional lives. And I'll just share some personal stuff. I've been to you know quite a few protests and rallies and Definitely the impacts of police violence and seeing people attacked has been pretty fucking horrible. And I've known that it kind of can sit in my body afterwards, like even, you know, days later. And it's really difficult to not end up taking that out on other people, even people I don't intend to. And it can kind of creep up on one oneself and not in ways that were really expected. But if you're still kind of feeling that fear and that anger uh, it's hard to, it can be difficult to process that and let it go and then not to take it out on others. So before an action, there are multiple issues of safety to consider before participating in an action. This pamphlet focuses on issues of trauma and mental health as they might be impacted or reflected in work with the NLG. Please see Know Your Rights resources on the nlgsf.org website for other things to consider. You can tell people where you're going and when you plan to return. If attending a high-risk action, be sure to include any relevant information about your mental health on your jail support form, also found on the NLGSF website. Plan to go with a buddy. 
bring medications, an original prescription bottle, water and snacks, adaptive devices. Um, get a good night's sleep and eat some nutritious food before, if possible. Assess your capacity, role, risk level, and skill set to determine if and how you will participate. During an action. Grounding. Take three deep breaths. Feel your back against a chair, a wall, or leaning on a friend. Notice the parts of your body that are making contact with the ground. Resilience. Bring to mind a place of resilience. This could be somewhere in nature, your bedroom, or the feeling of hugging a loved one. Feel the different sensations of this experience. What does it smell like, sound like? Let this place of resilience fill out into your body as if you are there now. De-escalation. Inhale through your nose and then increase the depth of your exhale out of your mouth. Slow your pace, your voice, and anything else you can do to slow down. Boundaries. If you need space, notify your comrades and or fellow NLG legal workers. If you need to and are able to leave, do not hesitate to take a break or leave the area entirely. When in doubt, fall back on your rights. Ask, am I free to go? Am I being detained? Say, I am going to remain silent and I want to speak with a lawyer. If possible, do not say anything other than these questions or statements. After an action, debrief your experience with a trusted someone. Take a shower or bath and let the water wash over you. Lay down on your back in a place with low, no stimulation for 10 minutes. If you notice any shaking or have the impulse to move, follow it. Take a walk, bounce, shake, vibrate, and or move your body. Do the things that make you feel good in your body while keeping you safe. Additional support. Extra support or resources are available to you if, if needed. NLG SF Bay Area members can request one-on-one -on -one practitioner support through our Healing Justice program by emailing healingjustice at nlgsf.org. If you are part of an NLG chapter that would like to build out local healing justice work, feel free to contact us for support and consultation. Members at other NLG chapters can request support by emailing the national office at membership at nlg.org. Practitioner support may also be found via the networks below. If you're a practitioner and can offer support, your support services, reach out and get plugged into our healing justice network by emailing healingjustice at nlgsf.org. And you can also look into these networks to find a therapist. There's Asians for Mental Health, uh, Generative Somatics Practitioners Network, Inclusive Therapists, Culturally Responsive Set Therapists, Latinx Therapy, Melanin and Mental Health, National Deaf Therapy, Open Path, Low Fee Sliding Scale, Queer and Trans Therapists of Color, Therapy for Black Girls, Therapy for Black Men, Therapist Neurodiversity Collective, Therapy for Queer People of Color. And all these have websites, and we'll share this link on our site at weeklyrev.org. Oh, and uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I know it's not it, because that's a whole lot of information right there. However, um, yeah, so it's about nine pages. And again, we'll share this link. It's like a PDF and a Google Drive that we will share on our page at weeklyrev.org. So super informative and hopefully helpful for folks out there and for myself, for sure. So we're going to play some more music, and then we'll be back with some more. Please do stay tuned.
Whiskey in the Jar by Thin Lizzy and Derek Bernals. And before that, The Love I Lost featuring 
Eddie Pendergrass, and that was Harold, Melvin, and the Blue Notes. And I've got some more upcoming events for folks. And this next up, it's an online event. It's the 2021 Transgender Film Festival. Yay! I really enjoy this festival. It is starting today, November 11th. And this will be played tomorrow, but it'll still be going on. It's happening from November 11th to the 14th, and it's online. So no matter where you live, if you have internet access, you can check it out. How to watch it. The SFTFF 2021 is hosted online at EventIve. Um, and then we'll, we'll share a link on our website. You'll be able to secure your tickets and view the films directly on the virtual platform. Tickets are sliding scale, starting at $0. All programs become available November 11th, 12 a.m. Pacific time. Once you register for a program, you'll have until November 14th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time to start watching. Once you begin, you'll have 24 hours to finish watching. Accessibility. All programs are closed captioned. To access the closed captions, click the gear icon on the bottom right corner of the video player, select subtitles slash closed captions, and then choose English. Uh, questions? You can email them at sftffproduction at gmail.com. And there's also an artist, artist spotlight, uh, community sponsors, and lots more info. So, um, yeah. And there's a YouTube video here. And so this is the artist spotlight, um, Hunter Pixel Jimenez. And let's, uh, let's hear this. My name is Hunter Pixel Jimenez, and I am the illustrator and protagonist of To the Future with Love. I believe that animation is one of the most beautiful forms of artwork. Um, it's the most visually appealing, um, and people of all ages can enjoy animation. And I believe it was truly an honor for my drawings to become animated and to literally come to life. I think arts and film are a good way for trans people to show resilience because it quite literally takes us out of the frame of heteronormativity and the binary world. Um, if it were quite literally a framed picture, um, the arts would help us break out of that frame and continue painting over the wall. And um, I truly believe that it's a form of advocacy and a form of expression. Thank you for watching To the Future with Love. What I hope you can take from watching this film is that no matter where you are in your journey, your story is just as important as anybody else's. And wherever you need to go, I hope you can get there. Thank you. Aww. So to check out that film as well as others, go to sftff.org and we'll share a link on our page. And we'll share a link on our page at weeklyrev.org. Um, I think the mic was down for that. But uh, yes, sftff.org. And that's November 11th through the 14th. Very cool. Okay, next up, uh, a petition, quick petition for folks to sign. Very easy. Uh, and this is to support CART, which is the Compassionate Alternative. Whoa! I was not expecting that. <laughs> Response team. And... Um, And we've spoken with a few of the folks affiliated with this before on the show, and I'll read a little bit about this petition. And again, petitions are so just so quick, just 
sign your name, very easy. Uh, right now, the San Francisco Police Department responds to 179 homelessness-related incidents every day. Jesus. These incidents lead to displacements, citations, and a direct disconnection from services and support, which leaves our unhoused neighbors feeling unwanted and disposable. CART, the Compassionate Alternative Response Team, will end San Francisco's current police response to homelessness and create a future of care, not criminalization. CART proposes a transformative response to homelessness that reduces criminalization and unjust harassment from police responders. The program is funded, but in danger of being placed under the Department of Emergency Management, where it is guaranteed to be just another failed institutional response. Placing CART in behavioral health under the Department of Public Health would align the program with the continuum of care that recognizes the underlying systemic issues within our community. The CART model will institute trauma-informed care by using a community-based approach. The, through culturally relevant practices, peers with lived experience will provide access to services that ensure our unhoused community members receive the support they deserve. We need advocates like you to raise your voices and demand that Mayor London Breed immediately institute CART as community care, health, and response. Sign our petition today. So we will have a link to this petition on our site, weeklyrev.org. You can also look for it at change.org. So far, 670 is, has signed. I know we can get to many, many more. Let's get to at least 1,000, if not more. All right. And next up um, is important highlights from CARE California's 2021 bullying report. And I meant to read this earlier, like a few weeks earlier, but did want to get to it now. And we'll also provide a link to this on our website. The California chapter of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE California, recently released its 2021 bullying report examining Islamophobia in California schools, which documents bullying and discrimination of Muslim students. Here are six major findings from students that you need to know. One, 47.1% reported being bullied for being Muslim prior to the global COVID-19 pandemic. Pre-pandemic rates of bullying increased by seven percentage points when compared to CARE California's 2019 report. However, the switch to remote learning and the decrease of in-person interactions among students significantly reduced report, reported incidents of bullying to 26.22%. Number two, 55.73% reported feeling unsafe, unwelcome, or uncomfortable at school because of their Muslim identity. This is the highest reported level since CARE California began conducting its biennial surveys in 2013. Furthermore, nearly 20% of respondents reported missing school because of those feelings. This is an upward trend from the 13.76% of respondents who reported missing school in our 2019 report. Number three, 30.12% reported their hijab was touched offensively. The high rate of physical bullying among students that are visibly Muslim continued in the 2021 report. Unfortunately, the rate of bullying among students who wear the hijab or Islamic head covering has remained fairly consistent since 2015, when 29% of students reported that their hijab was touched offensively. In 2017, 36% reported having their hijab tugged, pulled, or other forms of offensive touching. Number four, approximately one-third of respondents experienced or witnessed some form of cyberbullying. During the period from August 2018 to August 2021, 29.72% of respondents reported that a student at school made offensive comments or posts about Islam or Muslims directly to them on social media. This is up from 12.19% of respondents in CARE California's 2019 report. Additionally, 35.68% responded that other students at their school made offensive comments about Islam or Muslims in general on social media. 
number five, nearly one in four respondents, 23.5%, reported that a teacher, administrator, or other adult at their school made offensive comments about Islam or Muslims. Muslim students reported high levels of Islamophobic harassment and comments from teachers and other school personnel who are responsible for the well-being of these students. And number six, pre-pandemic, 60.81% of students who were themselves bullied reported seeing another student get bullied for being Muslim in comparison to only 21.54% of those who were not themselves bullied. This data suggests that some schools allow bullying to go unchecked, thus encouraging more bullying, while other schools take a more proactive approach to creating an inclusive and more welcome environment where bullying is not tolerated. Whew. And they have a, a link to the full report, and we'll share that full report on our page at weeklyrev.org. And you can support um, Care California and get on their mailing list and find more information, and we'll share a link to their website as well. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath, take a moment, and, uh, and just see how all these you know, stories tie into each other. All right, take a deep breath, and I'm going to play some more music, and we'll be back uh, in a bit. Please do stay tuned.
this one's for the girls. Stepped in looking like Uma Thurma. Big sword, long hair down to her legs. Pretty young thing and she got a lot of brain. Google eyes every time she come around my way. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, get yours. Cryptocurrent, Bitcoin. I'm the shit you smelling it relevant. In my element, you still in development. Bitch, I'm a resident, get your life. If the D's on point, then the P's gon' pop. If the D's on point, then the P's gon' pop. Lips, hips, heels, come. The V's gon' pop. If the D's on point, whip it out. The V's gon' pop. Let me check if my face still on. Bring it up. If the D's on point, and if you got a good vibe. Hey, shoulders, knees, toes, bring it. It's all the delivery. I came to deliver. I'm checking on your energy. Don't make me get the scissors. It's all about delivery. I came to deliver. I'm checking on your energy. Don't make me get the scissors. Six foot five, damn she's high. Walked in looking on Naomi Campbell fine. Sleek design, frickily tight. What makes you think that you can get a bite? If you wanna get a ride to the back of the line. And if you wanna get inside, the dick better be fine. The bees gon' pop. Let me check if my face still on. Pick it up. If the D's on point, uh, yeah. and if you got a good vibe, head, shoulders, knees, toes, bring it. It's, It's all the delivery. I came to deliver. I'm checking on your energy. Don't make me get the scissors. It's all the delivery. I came to deliver. I'm checking on your energy. Don't make me get the scissors. <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter. I'm simply gargling, darling. I'm goggling, darling, goggling. Goggling. <laughs> All right, that was delivered by F. Hat and K. Zia. And before that, we heard Coming Down by Jackie Shane. Before that, I Built This Garden for Us by Lenny Kravitz. Next up, I haven't mentioned this on the show recently, I don't think, um, but an update about Stephen Donziger, who is an environmental lawyer who sued Chevron as Chevron definitely should be sued because they do a lot of horrible things like polluting the earth, et cetera, et cetera. And he's in prison. So it's kind of, it's very backwards here. So there's a site called freedonziger.com. That's F-R-E-E-D-O-N-Z-I-G-E-R.com. And there's an update. Um, he self-reports to prison at FCI Danbury in Connecticut as the New York Times and CNN begin to cover his case oral argument for appeal before the Second Circuit set for November 30th. Is uh, on... House arrest, 814 days, uh, days until free from prison, 173 days. So I was going to hear, or I was going to play, um, the final statement before he went to prison. Hey everybody, this is my last statement before I go into prison in just a few hours. Um, I have to be in prison by 5 p.m. today um, for a six-month sentence. It's unclear if I'll serve the entire six months, but I am reporting to custody today. First, I want to thank everyone for their support. This isn't a sad day for me. We are going to get through this. And the fact that they are forcing me into prison is a sign of our effectiveness. The good news is after 813 days of house arrest, my house arrest will be over. And we'll begin a new countdown toward my release to full freedom at the end of my sentence. And that is exciting for me. It's somewhat of a silver lining. Um, tonight will be the first night I will not be wearing my ankle bracelet, you know, shackled to my leg like I've done for, over the, for well over two years now. Um, I also want to say that 
uh, you know, there was a huge rally today in Washington in support of my freedom and support of uh, efforts to hold the fossil fuel industry accountable. And it's just, we're growing. And the more they seem to attack us, the stronger we seem to get. I know I might feel a little subdued right now. I'm not looking forward to going into prison, but I'm prepared to deal with it. And I ask everyone to send letters. For those who know me, please come visit. You can contact my wife, Laura Miller, to get on the visitors list. And I look forward to seeing everyone over the next few weeks and months while in prison to the extent possible. I will be incommunicado for a few days, maybe longer. It's very hard to communicate from prison. We'll have not have a computer or phone. But there are ways to get the word out through visitors and through certain, a certain email system and some phone calls. So I look forward to being in touch and just stay strong and stay with me and we will get through this and we'll come out the stronger for it. Thank you so much. Hey, All right, so this was from the website and we'll provide a link. You can also just read more about um, what, what happened here. Oh, taking a deep breath. Also going to share a side note. I mean, again, everything is, everything is connected. The Indigenous Solidarity Network Rethinking Thanksgiving, in quotation marks, toolkit. And this is a, on the Google Drive, and it is about eight pages and just has resources, um, including just ways to challenge cultural appropriation, understand what Christianity has to do with justifying land theft, uh, engage in local struggles and build relationships. I know this is there's a lot of information here, and I don't mean to gloss over it. Um, I will provide a link to this because there's there's so many resources here, and I wanted to share this um, on our site at the very least today, um, if not later on um, this month. So we'll share it. If you go to weeklyrev.org, we'll share this toolkit on our site. And yes, all right. It is, it's interesting starting at a different time than usual on a different day than usual. So I'm just trying to be mindful of time here. Ooh, we're about 71 minutes in, usually do about 110. So got, ooh, 40 minutes is a lot, but we'll see. Might end a little bit early today. And I also just want to share other people speaking because uh, I can only say so much. I can only read so much. Next up, going to share... Um, some upcoming campaigns and events. This is from Surge. Uh, apply for the 2022 Ann Braden Anti-Racist Organizer Training Program. Applications are due Sunday, November 14th. And the participation is virtual. It's January 29th through May 22nd. The Braden Program develops white anti-racist leaders to support movements for racial and economic justice led by Black, Indigenous, and people of color. This program is part political education, part leadership development, and personal transformation work, and part organizing training. It's not a series of 101-style workshops, but a rigorous political education and leadership development program intended to support white organizers and activists in becoming more effective racial justice leaders as part of a, of a multi-racial movements. And they have a link, and we'll share this on our page. Also, November 14th, there's a virtual event, which is, okay, so Sunday, November 14th at 1 p.m., Imagining a World Without Poverty, the Promise of Guaranteed Income. Your basic, excuse me, hear personal testimony from a recipient about the impact of a basic income program of her, on her life. Learn about research that demonstrates the effectiveness of such programs from full-time advocates in this field, and bring your own thoughts and questions to the discussion. And so, yes, we'll share links to these these here on our page, weeklyrev.org. And also um, wanted to share, uh, St Stephen Donziger, who we heard about a little bit before, wanted to um, just play an interview that he did 
um, with Amy Goodman on Democracy Now! from March 29th. So this was uh, earlier this year, but thought it'd be helpful just to get some background on this. Um, I'd like to... Uh, um, uh, one moment here. And this is... It's a little bit cut off, so I'm going to look for a different link. In the meantime, let's just play some more music as we get all uh, set up. I don't want you to leave me. 
much of the United States prepares to mark Thanksgiving this weekend, many Native Americans will gather in Plymouth to commemorate the 47th National Day of Mourning. This year is dedicated to water protectors at Standing Rock and to the struggle for recognition of Indigenous Peoples' Day. To discuss this and more, we're joined in San Francisco by Indigenous historian and activist Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz. She's the author of An Indigenous People's History of the United States and co-author of All the Real Indians Died Off and 20 Other Myths About Native Americans. Uh, welcome back uh, to Democracy Now!, uh, Roxanne. Uh, could you tell us, as the nation prepares to observe uh, Thanksgiving, a national holiday ostensibly meant to honor Native people, uh, what are your thoughts? Thank you for having me on the show. Um, actually, it's never been about honoring Native Americans. It's been about the origin story of the United States, the beginning of genocide, dispossession, and uh, constant warfare from that time, actually from 1607 in Jamestown, uh, until the present. Uh, it's a colonial system that was set up. There's a sort of annual um, uh, calendar uh, for this origin story, beginning with Columbus, October 12. Why celebrate Columbus? It was the onset of colonialism, the slave trade, and dispossession of the Native people of the Americas. So that is celebrated with a federal holiday. Uh, that's followed then by Thanksgiving, which is uh, a, a uh, completely made-up story to say the Native people welcomed uh, these people who were going to devastate their civilizations, uh, which is simply a lie. Uh, and then you go to uh, President's Days, the Founding Fathers in February, and celebrate uh, these slave owners, uh, Indian killers. George Washington headed the Virginia militia uh, for the very purpose of killing uh, Native people on the periphery of uh, the colony uh, before, you know, when it was still a Virginia colony. And then we have uh, the big day, the fireworks, July 4th, uh, Independence, which is probably the most tragic event in world history because it gave us, it gave the world uh, a genocidal regime uh, under the guise of democracy. And um, that's really the, I'm a historian, so that's the historical context that I think we have to uh, see Thanksgiving in, that it is, it is a part of that mythology that attempts to cover up uh, the real history of the United States. Uh, it, it actually, when it was introduced as a holiday uh, by Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War, there was no mention of pilgrims and uh, Native people or food or pumpkins or anything like that. It was simply a day uh, for families to be together and mourn their dead and be grateful uh, for the living. And I think that's an appropriate holiday uh, that, that uh, how people should enjoy it. So they should take uh, Native Americans and Puritans out of the picture for it to be a legitimate holiday of, of feast and and sharing with family and friends. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, the people at Plymouth, uh, I send greetings to them. Uh, they have 
for many years, I think it's almost 40 years now, that uh, stood up and, and uh, testified to uh, the lie of Plymouth Rock, the Mayflower, the Pilgrims. Uh, and um, this is very hard for people to give up. This is the national nationalism. It's actually Americanism uh, is um, white supremacy and uh, represents negative things. There's almost no way to uh, reconcile it. It simply has to be deconstructed and faced up to. And otherwise, there will be no social change that's meaningful for anyone. Uh, Roxanne uh, Dunbar-Ortiz, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us, uh, Indigenous historian and activist. That does it for today. All right. So that was a video back from November of 2016 from Democracy Now!, and we'll share a link to that video on our page at weeklyrev.org. I'm going to play a bit more music, and then I'm going to wrap up the show with a little bit more. Uh, so please do stay tuned.
so much for tuning in please check out all the shows here at mutinyradio.fm you can see a whole list of shows if you're interested in doing a show here of your own make it happen it can totally happen please do check that out we also have our site up at weeklyrev.org to find previous episodes of this show so take a look tell a friend hope everyone has a good weekend and we'll be back next week take care everyone Sleeping well and I can feel the tension grow in LA with rolling brownouts, rolling papers and rolling sixties. Heat exhaustion, increasing caution across the city. Some people hit them all, they're trying to stay cool. Some people call the cops as black children in the pool. Everybody's looking sideways, we're raging on the highways. I hate it. I'm trying to stay hydrated and faded, but my way is blocked by road construction like a scene from falling down. Cops, they trying to function, but it seems they taking down as brown people at will. People get hot and they kill. As the sun begins to set, it's hotter, no one can chill. 
Everybody's windows open, there's not a moment of silence. Alcohol, heat, and frustration, increasing domestic violence. 911 is overwhelmed, homie, guess you on your own. The hills are still on fire, I recommend you stay at home. We got a
of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. The process, the loss that the Borderlands has seen, the loss of human life. The loss of families, the loss of childhood. And I started this project because I didn't even know how to process any of that. I didn't know what to do. And I just thought I could spend some time using what was left behind to help start weaving some compassion into this place.
listen to it and to share it with others. So for more uh, programs, news items, uh, it's from uh, Ben the Ark Jewish Action. You can follow them at Jewish Action. Mark your calendar for We Rise, building an anti-racist Jewish community presented by Kahila Community Synagogue. Here from at uh, Yavala, uh, which is Yavala, Twitter handled at Y-A-V-I-L-A-H and black, indigenous, and POC leaders about how to create Jewish communities that center JOC and dismantle white supremacy. Uh, well, information website again, February 21st at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, also, a story I wanted to share last week and did not quite get to 
This is for anyone uh, needing or wanting info on the general strike in Haiti here in the U.S. Elsewhere, when it is elsewhere, it's often for Europe. And uh, so this is from uh, at Communist Hug, which is perhaps the cutest handle I've ever heard of. Uh, follow them on Twitter. And this was shared on February 3rd. So it's a little bit, so this is from a few days ago, weeks ago, days ago, nine days ago. And uh, I wanted to share that with you all here. It's about 49 seconds. Haiti labor unions and social movements launched the general strike this Monday against the ongoing insecurity in the country while demanding the resignation of President Jovenel Moise. Groups of workers started the strike action with various street mobilizations in Port-au-Prince to reject the high levels of violence affecting the population. Unions have denounced that the policies implemented by the government of Moise directly affects the salaries. While rejecting the constitutional reform, the government is pushing, stressing that it does not benefit workers. Meanwhile, social and political movements opposed to the current government also joined the strike action, rejecting the reform of the constitution, which they denounced was a move solely aimed at securing Moise's continuity in power. So that's a video hey. here from Telesaur, and I believe there was uh, another video that was shared earlier uh, today. That more. So this is um, uh, a minute forty-two seconds shared by Madame Jason, Justice for Haiti, and you can find this person. At M A D A N B O U K M A N, shared 17 hours ago. Protesters in Bongonese, uh, Haiti, many of them armed, demanding the US UN OAS puppet dictator transfer power uh, to the new interim president, Joseph Messen Jean Louis. And this person says that, that uh, they can confirm 1,000% Haitians will not give up. And the quote if they shoot us, we will shoot back. So here's some audio from this video.
And Campanile. It is six o'clock. It is. It is time for progressive rock and roll here at the Gates of Delirium. I'm your host, Perkins Warbeck, and we are in for another two hours of excellent progressive rock and roll curated by me, a 61-year-old man who was raised in the 70s and who still contends like an old fart. That was the best decade for music that we've had since the Beatles. It's been downhill ever since. Um, So I'm here to do my part to resurrect and restore admiration and respect for the greatest kind of music that ever came out of popular American taste. That is progressive rock and roll. I should say English and American. We are here at the sprawling state-of-the-art studios of Mutiny Radio here in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco, California. It was November 10th today, and it was a beautiful spring day. Gorgeous here. I don't know what's happening where you are. Oh, by the way, it's 9 o'clock in Connecticut and 3 o'clock in Amsterdam. (laughs) What it's worth. Um... So, I am Perkins Warbeck, as I said earlier. I'm sitting in for the previous fellow who is bobbing in a sea of uncertainty like Pip the Cabin Boy out of Moby Dick. He saw through to the undifferentiated truth of existence in the universe and therefore lost his mind. It's a, we're skating on the thin ice every new day that's for for sure we hope our original sponsor comes back uh, the original host but there's no telling so we'd like to thank um a shout out to our two generous supporter supporters and believers in the idea of progressive rock and roll that is sackbutt and crumhorn the law offices for criminals like you and alfred at Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred is bringing the trouser like no trouser has ever been brought. Alfred is resurrecting and restoring the very idea of trousers going all the way back to Bo Brummel, who introduced the trouser in the 1820s under the Regency of England. You remember that king who went crazy? George III, I think it was. Thank God for trousers. Thank God for Alfred. He's doing his part. Won't you do yours? Stop by and say hello if you're in the greater Des Moines area. Alfred's World of Trousers. We're going to start off with one of the titans of progressive rock and roll. Genesis. Everybody knows them. This is Genesis with Peter Gabriel. And Phil Collins on drums. Hard to believe, but he was an awesome drummer. He's in a wheelchair now. God bless him. This is from their best album, Selling England by the Pound, 1974. This is The Cinema Show.
dabs her skin with pretty smells concealing to appear.
Listen to the old one speak of all he has lived through. I have crossed between the poles. To me, there's no mystery. Walks a man. 